Welcome to our next installment in our podcast series. This uh, time we're going to be doing something a little different. We're actually going to be kicking off the beginning of a mini-series where we're going to talk specifically about the topic of what kinds of questions the mayor, the city manager, or the county administrator should be able to ask their police and fire chief together and really be able to judge what their readiness level is uh, to be um, prepared for an active shooter event or to judge um, where they may have some gaps. And so we're going to take each one of these questions, 10 questions here, as a separate topic. And our first question in this series is, Chiefs, can you show and review with me our joint active shooter hostile event response policy? So to talk about that tonight, we've got with me Tom Billington, retired fire chief. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. Got Adam Penley, assistant chief. Adam, thanks for coming. And we've got Pete Kelting, lieutenant uh, from uh, sheriff's office. Pete, thanks for being here. And of course, my name is Bill Godfrey and uh, retired fire chief myself. Uh, so with that, Adam, let's start with you. Um, why is this such an important question for leadership of a city or county to be able to ask the police chiefs and fire chiefs and why the focus on a joint policy? Well, I think this is probably one of the first indicators as to whether you actually have true integration between your fire, police, and EMS services in your town or community. Uh, if, if someone has taken an effort to sit down together and write a policy that is literally on the same sheet of paper that avoids contradictions, it avoids assumptions or disagreements or agreements about what another agency is going to do. If you haven't sat down and had a workshop and put those agreements on paper to deconflict the issues that the different agencies can have, then then that's that's kind of indicative that that maybe your agencies that share the same community haven't been talking to each other as much as they should. So Pete, tell me from your perspective, how important is that that the law enforcement agency and the fire EMS agency, the medical uh, agency, actually have a shared policy that's that's been written together and signed off by the leadership? Well, you know, Bill, that's a, a great question because policy supports training. It supports purchase of equipment and it supports the the end result of what we do together in disciplines so being able to work with your partner from fire or EMS or emergency management and know that our training efforts and our purchase of equipment all are supported by policy and that we have the goal to manage the incident the same so that it alleviates any type of hurdles as we move forward going down the road. So Tom, what Pete's talking about, you know, it raises kind of an interesting challenge. Uh, uh, Pete's, of course, from a sheriff's office, and I know you were fire chief of a county department for many, many years. And in that context, um, the fire chief and the sheriff aren't necessarily in the same chain of command answering to the same person. Um, what's, your, what's your takeaway on that? Is it still, you think, important to have a shared policy and and why good point a shared policy is badly needed however traveling around the country there is no one-size-fits-all this policy cannot be something that you go online and download and change the names it is a policy that the law enforcement and fire or EMS agencies have to actually sit down together come up with responsibilities and how to operate um, it's an important time to get with your counterpart 
and figure out things beforehand. So as Pete was saying, very important. So where, where do you start the conversation? If you're, if you're the fire chief um, and you've got, whether it's a, a city police chief or county sheriff or some other type of law enforcement entity that you're going to be working with, um, and I guess, we, guys, we probably need to talk about mutual aid and the importance of that as well. Um, Tom, how do you start that conversation? Well, the first thing is, as the fire chief, you better know the police chief or sheriff by first name. You better have that relationship. If not, you need to build that right from the start. You need to be able to go in his office or her office and vice versa, shut the door and say, hey, we have, a, we have something we have to work on here. And, uh, and make sure you approach it that way and, and start the ball rolling. So I guess the relationships are so important to build beforehand. It really does come down to that. So, you know, Adam, it, it, it reminds me as we're sitting here talking about this, um, I recall you were actually uh, part of a, uh, of a uh, training uh, incident we had um, where in a training session, the law enforcement agency was talking about the uh, uh, EMS teams going down range and and uh, the EMS team said, what are, you, what are you talking about? We haven't trained for that now. That for the benefit of the audience, this was quite, quite a number of years ago now. And uh, the uh, law enforcement folks said, well, it, it's in policy. Um, and it turned out that it was in the law enforcement agency's policy in the fire department. It was news to them. <laughs> talk, talk a little bit about that surreal moment. Sure, that's absolutely true. So, you know, when we um, through training law enforcement has received, again, we, you talk about certain assumptions are made, and if those assumptions are not shared with your fire EMS counterpart, you may find yourself standing alone. Um, but, but I'd like to add that, you know, in many communities, we already have a, we already have a structure in place to have this workshop together and start sorting through these policies and we do it with natural disasters. So in you know my area in Florida where I'm from, we already uh, have management from the various agencies involved sit down in a pre-planning sort of way and put together a comprehensive emergency management plan for natural disasters. Um, so I would think from, you know, kind of back to the original question, the city manager or um, some executive level person who's in this community might ask, have we done a similar process for a crime of violence, for an active shooter event? Have we had that same you know, level of, of comparing notes together to come up with a, a shared policy that we do with other natural disasters that we, we have in, you know, in the rest of the country? You know, Pete, uh, something Adam just said made me kind of, kind of click in thinking about this. He, he made the comment about we make assumptions in our policies. And I know I've seen more than I would care to admit of fire policies that, you know, the law enforcement agency, the law enforcement shall do this, will do this, shall do that, um, and, and never vetted with that law enforcement agency, never signed off. How, how common is that on the, on the law enforcement side? What do you see in the, you know, at the county level, at the city level, with those kinds of assumptions that people put in their policies that weren't cross-checked with the people that they're assuming are going to execute? Well, we, we certainly hope that we are sharing information and writing policy together, but that is common, Bill. You, you find that from local jurisdictions, from cities to county sheriffs, from sheriffs to state police and other fire agencies around our region, that if we haven't worked together ahead of time to vet those policies, to know that we're, again, going to train in the same dynamics when it comes to response to these incidents, 
uh, is crucial. And I think there's committees going on now, as, as we know, through you know, NFPA and, and being able to you know, look at standards. Not only do you have, you have the standards nationally, but you also have cultural issues in a sense or training ways of things. We always have joked in the past a little bit about the East Coast versus the West Coast of how things are done. They're done differently across the country, but I think we're making great strides in coming together on training committees, on you know, think groups, through safety summits and so forth, where we know we need to sit down, look at each other's policies, write them if we don't have them, vet them, and make sure that we're all on the same page. And if I can jump in, Pete, because there's two things that you said make sense. One is you want to see the fire chief and the police chief or sheriff's signature on this thing, both of them. But the other thing that happens so many times that we want to make sure it does not happen with this policy is when you ask the patrolman on midnight shift or you ask the firefighter uh, who works at a station 10 miles away tell me about your active shooter policy and they say I have no idea what you're talking about this is something that it can't come off the go on the shelf it's got to be uh, everybody has to know about it and it has to be drilled and trained as so and you know it's it's interesting that you say that because um, I think it's also important to include your non-governmental organizations and your private entities that might be involved in these things as well because I can give you a, a recent example um, where again this was more of a natural disaster example but every we we got everyone at the table to start discussing policies and how they would approach uh, the plan and we had uh, some special needs folks um, who ran some facilities and it was in their policy that law enforcement would transport anyone that has a need to a special needs shelter and you know law enforcement had to step up and say we would not have the resources for that that's something you're gonna have to be responsible for so the same thing is going to happen if if you're successful in getting um, people to sit down and what everyone's kind of touched on is one to sit at the same table to make sure you deconflict each other's policies and that you come up with a shared policy that matches industry standards like Pete mentioned it's you you get a better outcome you're prepared for for when that day comes so Pete I'm gonna point this one to you um, I think we've all talked about the importance of having a having a joint policy um, it's just the easy way for the mayor, the city manager, the county administrator to be able to know that those policies have been deconflicted at the very least as police chief and fire chief are on the same page. Um, what should the mayor, city manager, county administrator key in on when they run into the inevitable situation that the police chief, fire chief, EMS chief walk in, sit down for the meeting and say, well, here's our policy, well, here's our policy, and and they say they're they're not going to do a joint policy that that they've uh, that this is fine and and doesn't need to be a joint policy as we're discussing. What are the things that the mayor, or the city manager, what do they go look for that tips them that there's still problems? I think when you see that trainings aren't happening together. Um, when you have full-scale exercises being conducted in regional settings and agencies aren't participating because they don't believe their policy fits that or they haven't trained to that. Um, if they're seeing that their agency is not purchasing the right resources, 
that they just don't seem to have the awareness of where the active shooter response from an agency is is headed across the country. I mean, you look at the recent incidents and the after action reports are clear when we can learn from previous incidents where we can improve and time and time again, often that failure to train together, that failure to participate in exercises, failure to support the agency through purchase of equipment and stay on top of that readiness, that operational need to be responding to an incident. We all, you hear it again, we all say that it's never going to happen in our jurisdiction, but look what's happening. It is. It's happening in our jurisdictions. We've got to be ready. Our, our mayors, our chiefs, our sheriffs got to work together. They've got to support us uh, with, you know, budgets and equipment and training and joint policies. I think that very succinctly put and uh, focuses on the right thing. Well, gentlemen, let's uh, let's wrap this one up here. And uh, I thank you very much for your time. Uh, for those of you that are still listening, we got nine more questions to go. So please tune in for the other uh, uh, the other uh, nine part in this series of ten questions that the uh, mayor, city manager, county administrator should ask their police and fire chiefs. Thank you.